Anyway, the point of the story is the pharmacist was hot. And <laughs> and so, uh, I, you know, I roll up to it and I'm like, well, hello. <laughs> Hi, wow. let's let's get our shots today. And um, because he's it takes forever because he had to go like get a different dose and like, open up different packaging and stuff to get all of my shots together and stuff. Wow. And so, you know, we're making uh, small talk, which I'm terrible at. And so I say things in my small talk like earth tones are really good on you. Oh, my God. And they were, okay? He looked like a like a wood elf had become a person who worked at a pharmacy. Like, it was it was a really good look on him. And so I am trying not to be creepy. Like, I'm trying just to, to make... I'm so bad at small talk, you guys. And this, this poor fucking guy was so fucking busy. Like, this line was a mile long. And it was just shots after shots after shots. He's scrambling all over the place. And apparently, the funniest thing you can say to somebody who is in that position, who's that fucking busy, when they come over and they're like, okay, which arm do you want your shots in, is to present one arm and go, just fuck me up. <laughs> That's what he did. <laughs> he was like, what? I was like, yeah, just put it, put it all in one arm. Just fuck me up, man. Just okay, did you add the word up at the last minute? Like, it was start, the words were starting to come out, and you're like, oh, shit, uh, and you had to tack that on? Well, see, um, <laughs> I don't like to leave the audible dot, dot, dot on there, because that's what makes it weird. a very strange noise coming from my kitchen i'm gonna be really right back because uh, i okay. gotta check that out because that's scaring the shit out of me if i don't come back i'm dead <laughs> okay okay the fuck is that? he's left me alone with sam hi sam <laughs> he was holding all the syringes in one hand he had really big hands okay <laughs> hi it was nothing Oh, he's back. I don't know what that was, and there's nobody in my apartment right now, so we're going to go ahead and pretend I'm not going to die. Did you do a perimeter check? I did. Of course I did. Okay. Well, at least you know what a perimeter check is. Yeah. So if you see, like, a shadowy form coming for me from behind, like, that, I can't talk yeah, about that because we're look on a fucking screen, strike so, right now. God damn it. So the uh, chat's going to have to warn you. So. All right, let's do our intro stuff. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. <laughs> By perimeter check, I mean, did you go around and make sure all of your windows and doors are locked? Yes. Okay. That's all you can do. That's all I did can you do. Check, did you check in the bathroom behind the shower curtain? That's where murderers like to wait. We have glass doors, which uh, is fun, by the way. Anyway. Did you check? <laughs> Somebody's going to die. <laughs> no, no, glass shower doors are so dangerous. <laughs> You can't brace against shit. At least when there's a curtain there and you try to brace, well, you feel I it give and you're like, whoop, nope. The the guest one is, uh, uh, I didn't check behind the curtain in my bathroom. Okay, well, that's where that's where they're waiting. You know what? We're just going to go ahead and- Do you have like a hallway closet that they could be hiding in? Yeah, we're going to go ahead and record. A walk-in pantry? In, in, you didn't check anything, I, did you? I honestly hope I get stabbed to death right in front of you. <laughs> you know. How about that? On live. How about and that? And then you know who can't you know who can't end the live because she's not a host? <laughs> <laughs> so 
So, we, so, so your, your corpse just stays up. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, go into our YouTube and make it unlisted, make it public, so that way we can get the hits. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We we might as well end the show uh, with a spike in popularity. Let's go viral. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying you should get attacked. I'm saying that in honor, in your memory, I would capitalize on your murder. Thank you. I, for our business. I, I would expect nothing less, and that's what I want. Just, just don't, feel, <laughs> don't feel any guilt about it. Those are my wishes. Those are my wishes. Okay, I'm minimizing you now. We're getting back to it. Okay, okay cool. Do you want to intro a show Let's do it. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Marvelous Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Marvel. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show. And just fuck me up. Just fuck me up. Fuck this face of the day. Uh, Hey, everybody. (laughs) I'm Chris. I am that homo. I don't know how to fucking read. Sexual. (laughs) Holy shit. <sighs> like this, what the fuck, true. Marvel? Oh, and Steph. Oh my god! Yeah. Come on, you're ruining a good thing here. <laughs> I'm like, where did they say that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, okay. I, I'm sure there was All some right. stuff I could quote in that newspaper. Uh, those newspaper pages. <laughs> so, uh, did. Holy shit! Well, we will talk about it. Okay, good. We will get to. I it. need. I need your help with that one. <laughs> Can you read to me? <laughs> I'm gonna have. It's. Okay, you know what? We'll talk. We'll talk about it. It was awful. Yeah. I have I have complaints to file about this particular issue of the comic. But okay, um, do you have anything that you want to talk about, my love? Before we get into why we're here today, uh, uh, Steph, I have so much I want to talk to you about. I'd like to talk about a Marvel mo- a Marvel show that's coming out right now. I'd love to talk to you about trailers. I'd love to talk about you how excited I am for seeing another Marvel movie in the theaters. But right, I can't. Yeah. No. And no, was that it? Was that the was end it. of your thought? I, I'm just, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm pleading that um, my friends get paid <laughs> a fair wage, but uh, it's looking pretty grim. Um, I, uh, I, I, I got to do a really quick Zoom call with some friends. Uh, they were on the picket uh, a couple days ago, and mm-hmm. they got to. Uh, they're they're a captain because there are people that organize the right, protest. Captains. Uh, their captain had just come from you know meeting. I guess the SAG leadership had a whole big meeting to get like a high level. Like what were the conversations like? What happened? And you know, I know the LA Times uh, page six articles were saying that you know hopefully by November the shit will get wrapped up. But uh, the captains were telling people, get ready till for, you know, this lasting through winter. Wow. And yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's not looking good. And I feel like, you know, there are publications that will say, oh, my God, this is this will be wrapped up in no time. And you can, I think you can tell who they're working for. Yeah. Like who they're who they're publicizing for. Um, because if they start putting it out into the public mind that the strike should be over in the next few weeks and then it's not, then they can say, well, we said it would be over, but SAG after the fucking union is dragging their heels on this one. We could all be going back to work right now if it wasn't for the union. Yeah. Like they're, and like, I don't know if I've always been aware, if we as a, if we the people have always been aware of the manipulation in the media or if we're just more aware of it now. Thanks to social media and thanks to things like TikTok and stuff like that. <clears throat> Some of my favorite TikTok content creators are pub- are PR experts. Right. 
They're so fucking great. They explain exactly how the whole media machine works and stuff. It's fucking awesome. But anyway, I do I do feel like uh, anybody who's trying to predict that the strike is going to be over anytime soon is laying the groundwork for future shit talk. Yeah. Um, now, I try I tried t- uh, telling you this like many weeks ago, but I was uh, suffering from the vaccine and I wasn't communicating very well. No. Um, uh, but I know that one of the complications is that so the AMP whatever TP what, AMP TP yeah um, when they when they come to the table they have to unanimously agree you know there's not that many members uh, uh, relatively speaking compared to the other unions but um, they have to have a unanimous agreement so if one company like Apple says fuck no we're not going to agree to these terms then they're all kind of fucked right and um, Apparently, the few page six uh, expose stories are studios talking shit about other studios. Because, quick reminder, these people do not like each other either. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They are competitors. They're competitors. So if Netflix, for example, who has uh, uh, a fuck ton of of content that they have in their storage facility, wants to hold out for a year, which would make, uh, you know, studios like Disney and Warner Brothers suffer, uh, they can do that. And that's another problem that um, there. That's another element of this whole thing. That's that, another layer to the whole mess. Yeah. Is also AMPTP is competing amongst themselves. Yeah, because there are suggestions, and I don't know if this is true. And we're not going to know the truth until this shit is settled and the books start coming out about it. But you know, there are rumors that there were some studios that were ready to deal immediately and didn't want to even go on strike in the first place. But they were kind of right forced into the situation by other companies. We'll find out. Um, Mm -hmm. I am hoping secretly, uh, though this is very unlikely considering some public comments he's been making, uh, I'm hoping secretly that Bob Iger was one of those people who never wanted to go on strike and was always ready to deal uh, with the workers. But unlikely considering he said, well, some of the things that people are asking for are just unrealistic. Right. Uh, from his billionaire. That, he said that when he was at this billionaire camp boys club or whatever. Literally fucking billionaire summer camp. Yeah. Where he traveled to on his fucking private jet or whatever. Yeah. No. No, I'm sorry. But Bob Iger is one of the villains in this story. He's no longer sorry. the good Bob. He's just the less terrible Bob. The less terrible but Bob. But only, only marginally. The lesser only evil contexts. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Still evil, just lesser. Master okay, your okay, mouse, okay. Fix everything, please. <laughs> so, all of which is to say, are we? Are you? Are you? Good? Done. We're, we're ready to move on. Okay. All of which is to say, what we're doing on this podcast <laughs> is uh, we were formally watching through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order. However, the strikes are still happening. What? And we are still standing in solidarity with workers on strike because this may come as a shock to new listeners to the show, perhaps. But we are. Um, very pro workers rights on this show just like we're pro lgbt rights and women's rights and trans rights and uh and the rights of all people of all colors to be equal all of those rights we're pro rights on this show and so we are in fact supporting the workers and that is why we're no longer talking about the visual media on the show we are talking about comic books and specifically we are reading through the 2005 run of house of m Today, we're talking about House of M, issue number three. I love the titles of these issues. Um, so creative, so evocative. Yeah. Really hooks you in. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, and side note, my friend said to me the other day, 
y'all are so y'all go out of way to be so inclusive and uh you care about other people yet you're also such big cunts uh yeah that's a that's a paradox and i'm like yeah that's it no it's not we don't like people but you know it's not a paradox here's the thing here's here's the thing okay we're gonna i I promise we're gonna talk about a comic book at some point here here's the thing um there's a difference between being nice and being kind these things don't always happen at the same time Um, wow i love that case in point (laughs) me i'm from texas right right uh and in texas because it's the south very nice they can be so nice but if you are say on the side of the road and you've got a flat tire uh and you know you're you're struggling with it or whatever there are people who'll be like oh my god that's so terrible for you bye (laughs) and they're done and they're done that's it they thoughts and prayers at you what the fuck else do you need that's nice where they're nice about it, they're polite about it. They said nothing objectionable. If the court reporter read it back, it would be completely fine. There's nothing to implicate there that they were not as helpful as they felt they could be in that situation. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. That's nice. A kind person will pull over and fucking help you. They may cuss your ass the whole time. And that is what happened to me here in the Colorado. Okay, so I was an idiot. And I cut a curb too close. I popped my back tire. Oh, I just fucking popped it. And so I pull into the gas station. I'm like, fuck. And like, Lucas was out of town at the time. Right. And it was sunny as fuck outside. And the sun is brutal (laughs) here. And so I was not in a good position with my super photosensitive lupus having self to get out in the sun and change my own goddamn tire. So I'm having a little bit of freak out like you do. And... There's this guy. His name was Israel, and he pulled over with his tow truck. Hi. I love that name. He rolled up, and he helped me. Now, did he give me judgmental fucking looks the entire time? Possibly because he thought I should be able to speak Spanish, and I don't? (laughs) Maybe. He was just, he was, he was judgy, and he was side-eyeing me, but he fucking helped me quickly, and then he bounced. That's kind. I love that. That's the difference between kind and nice. We are not nice. (laughs) We have never, ever on this show claimed to be nice. In fact, we have repeatedly said on the record that we are not nice people. Right. But what we are is kind. I I do try to be nice. I am trying. I'm trying. I mean, one of us has to. My therapist says I have a lot of work ahead of me. (laughs) I don't try. I mean, like, I I have... I have I have Texas instincts because I was groomed by the state, not only as a citizen of Texas in the South, but also as a woman. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely groomed to be nice, always nice. Wait, are you suggesting that you were groomed by heterosexual, closed-minded cultures and not by drag queens? I was indoctrinated to a very specific uh, gender role, yeah, and not a drag queen was involved in any of that. Oh, wow. I think I would have benefited from being raised by drag I know, queens, right? if I'm being honest. You- anyway, um, so yeah, I... I I have deprogrammed, and a lot of that is the um, the lack of give a fuck that happens with turning the corner into 40, but uh, I've deprogrammed a lot of my knee-jerk reaction to be nice, um, and so I'm just defaulting to kind, and that's just where I'm at. <clears throat> so no, uh, we can care. We can care a lot and, and actually throw our support around a lot of marginalized groups, uh, behind a lot of marginalized groups, without um, sacrificing a single iota of cuntiness. <laughs> I, 
I'm loving that the word cunt is so popular now. Cunt. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Do we want to get into the... Do we want to talk about a comic book today? Yeah. Fuck. Speaking of which, I got an intro stuff. I'm ready to read. Do the intro, baby. Okay. All right. Get it. Now, uh, we will talk about this after. I'm not reading the official intro of the issue. uh, And I have an issue with the issue. Uh, intro issue. Oh. I'm going to use the word issue over and over again. Okay. So I wrote my own Until intro. It loses just all this, meaning. Get just it. for this one book. Okay. Okay. The stairs are right there, Logan. After seeing a montage <laughs> of bullshit that doesn't make any sense, the savage and sexy Wolverine awakens to realize the world he is in is not his own. Or is it? You know, if you want to know what's ap- happening, you could read the actual intro at the very beginning of the comic. Or not. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> if you want. To be spoiled as fuck for everything that's going to go down in this comic book. Read the intro they put at the beginning of it. Yeah, so my my, my thesis Seriously. my thesis statement for this issue in particular, uh, we've been praising this book's ability to show and not tell. Right. This issue fucked all of that up completely. Tell, tell, tell. Tell, 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 Spo- tell, tell. And tell, so tell. the intro is completely spoiler heavy. Yeah. It's like... Totally. You don't even have to read My the issue. God. Just read the intro. It name drops like a dozen characters who, by the way, don't actually appear in this issue. So it is a multi-issue spoiler right. on this intro. And it tells you all about the different political factions and where they're positioned and what they're doing. And I'm wondering if the reason that happened is maybe the editor for this series saw the first two and was like, man, this is really great. We're going to confuse the fuck of, out of our idiot readers. We need to put something in small print at the beginning so that they have some kind of guidepost going into this. Yeah. Which I find very condescending, but okay. Yeah, so... Anyway. Um, yeah, so there's some background reasons for this. I am told they... Because House of M is an event issue they're going to have side issues of different characters doing different shit and it's going to be part of the house of m oh, event maybe that's what they're like advertising in yeah industry. so like so like i'm going to read one line of spoiler ish because uh, it's funny tony stark the most successful sapien in the business world runs stark industries out of chicago uh there are is apparently a story out there of tony in chicago and he's all chicago-ish not not new york-ish oh Oh, okay. I don't know why that's interesting, though. I don't know what the difference is. Yeah. Well, uh, the pizza, mainly. It's a, you know, oh, okay. Chicago has that deep dish pizza that you can get. And okay. It's delicious. So, like, the cholesterol level? Oh, no, same different? cholesterol level. Oh, okay. All bad for you. All bad for you. Okay. <laughs> I'm a, I like Detroit-style pizza. <clears throat> anyway, so we're going <laughs> to... No, I'm joking. I actually, I actually don't know what that is, um, to be honest with you. It's so good, baby. Okay, so Detroit-style pizza is like... It's like in a in a rectangular pan. And, and like the tradition is that they're pans that were like used in auto manufacturing. And so because, you know, Detroit and course, Motor yeah. City and all of that shit. Um, only these are like, I guess, washed thoroughly before you start cooking a pizza in it. So it's a really... So. It's really deep, and it's got the the, <laughs> the the edges and stuff, and it's just it's really fucking good. Detroit style pizza is the shit. Okay, anyway, God, I'm so hungry. Before we get into this comic book, uh, I want to talk real quick about the inker for this issue. Okay, 
So, um, because the way, the way the, the production line on these things works is you've got the writer who writes the story. You've got the penciler. We talked about him last time, uh, who draws, you know, the sketch for everything. And you've got the inker who comes in behind, does all the outlines, adds in the heavy shadows and everything. The, everything you see that's in black on the page, that's the inker. The Good inker Lord. did that. Right. And there's a lot of there's it. There's a lot of it. moody shadows. Right. So the inker for this issue is a, a dude by the name of Tim Townsend. Mm. And Tim Townsend has been working as a comics artist for 19 years. So if you do the math on that, 19 years ago was uh, – 20 years ago would have been 2003. 19 years ago is 2004. This issue came out in 2005. So this is early in his career. This was fairly early in his career that this happened. Uh, He has uh, worked for Marvel, DC, Image Comics, and a lot more. Um, At this point in 2023, he has contributed to almost 600 comics so far. What? 258 of which are for Marvel Comics, according to Marvel.com. Okay. Here's the thing about Tim Townsend. Uh, Because you can find him on DeviantArt. He is an artist. He's out there. Um, He does, and he's very proud about this, and it is in all caps on his fucking DeviantArt profile. He does all of his inking by hand. Wow. No digital at all, ever. Literal pens and brushes and ink on actual paper. So what we're seeing in this comic is his actual art art. Not that digital art isn't art. It absolutely is. But this is like fucking medieval (laughs) okay (laughs) this is old school style for those of you out there who are artists uh just because he noted it on his website and because i want to include it because my eyes had to read it and so now it's going to be shared with you his preferred tools for what he does are the windsor newton series seven number two brush a hunt 102 crow quill nib various pens and a 3080 waterproof drawing ink okay i don't know what any of that Um, shit means Hopefully that was really hot to an art nerd out there somewhere. I don't fucking know. <laughs> anyway, so Paint yeah, me like um, one of your superheroes, Daddy. When you right when you go through uh, House of M, every time that I've mentioned that you know the shadows are so moody and it's really cool and everything, that is Tim Townsend. He did that. Mm, mm. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, getting into the comic itself. When last we left our story, who run the world? Mutants. reality got flipped turned upside down and now we find our heroes in a bizarre world in which homo sapiens are going extinct as homo superior inevitably takes over and the only person who might think it's weird is marvel's forever favorite special boy wolverine aka logan aka james and we love him that's it a little too much because uh the cover can we talk about the cover uh yeah Um. um So I have in my notes, Logan is literally fast and furiousing through New York on a, on his motorcycle. <laughs> um, he is tearing up Mutant Avenue uh, on his motorcycle. Uh, uh, I love how he's always in shape. And I love always. that. Um, yeah. I, I love that the comic book artist is taking the time to uh, show me his arm. and uh, to, to shade the veins in his arm. That's, uh, that's very nice. Now... Um, also, yeah. But I yeah. love how I love how in the backdrop, even though the logo covers it up, there's like this um, like this ominous shadow of sentinels that are flying up in the sky. Yeah, what, but it, like House Magnus sentinels, which is hot, like giant Iron Man suit sentinels. I love those. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, this cover's really hot because like Wolverine is all on his motorcycle leaping and there's like chaos and destruction behind him. For some reason, there's like a Spider-Man parade float balloon that's like throwing devil horns. I don't know what's up with that. Oh, he's probably supposed to be webbing, but to me, it looks like devil horns. Yeah, to me. That just occurred to me. (laughs) (laughs) Satan. Um, (laughs) Like, Peter, what the hell? I did find, so I did find a version of this cover art without all the stuff and words in the bottom left corner, because I was curious about the street names. Uh Uh, Uh We have Mutant Avenue, Genosha Uh uh, Boulevard, and Sentinel Street. Oh, okay. I love that. Wow. Is your partner doing a drum show in your kitchen right now? I actually don't know, because I didn't hear him come in the apartment, so I don't know if I'm in danger or not right now. Just go lock your office door and come sit back down. I'll be right back. Hold on. I need to go check. Okay. I'm sorry, y'all. Oh, damn it. <laughs> okay, I'm not the only one who heard that, though, right? Y'all heard that, too. Oh, Ash, thank you. Okay, you are here. Okay. He definitely, like, there was a crash. Back there, anyway. Okay. Um, Thank you, Ash. Ash validated me. She heard it. What happened? Is everything okay? Uh, well, I mean, good news. I'm not going to die. Bad news. Uh, my partner soon will. <laughs> what did he break? It, he didn't break anything. He broke the rules is what he did. <laughs> Your door's still slightly open. why he felt the need to turn off the camera so he could go close his door but all right okay okay you back you good all right yeah, I'm yeah. you again okay god what was i saying oh okay so this cover right um there's wolverine he's vaulting over the the street signs that give us the foreshadowing for this entire episode right with mutant and sentinel and genosha and all that shit um but like arm out claws extended muscles bulging veins Popping all over the place. His mouth is a gape and a feral roar, and my pants fly off. Right. I was in cover. I wasn't wearing clothes uh, when I was reading. (laughs) Yeah. They're just gone. Just. (laughs) They just disintegrate off my suddenly overheated body. Y'all, I love Wolverine. (laughs) I love him so much. (laughs) Yeah. I. When we do get to talk about uh, visual media again, um, I don't necessarily want to cover certain movies, but there is one movie in particular I absolutely do want to cover. And Is it the one where he leaps naked off of a waterfall? I don't know, but we'll cover that one too if it's okay. Okay, okay, okay. Someday, someday, someday. (laughs) Okay, okay. So turn the page if you can tear your eyes away from the cover. Uh, And there we get a Wolverine memory slideshow. Um, there's like close-ups of like current in Bizarro World times, James, his face getting increasingly stressed out as all of these memories that we're seeing little vignettes of are clearly flying through his mind, right? Uh, so they're all like the most well-known scenes uh, from, from just known Wolverine history, right? Right, right. They're order 60, order 66ing the shit out of this moment. Okay, so we see like a wolf in the woods growling and there's like a bloody clawed hand. We see Captain America helping him fight ninjas, I guess. Oh, sure. Um, sure. We get the classic Order 66 moment where he's in the tank being yeah. experimented upon. Yay. Yeah, uh, we get him attacking the Hulk. Uh, we get Jean Grey going full Phoenix explosion. 
Uh, we get a lovely Japanese woman speaking to him in Japanese. Uh, and then finally, we get Professor X saying we need to decide the fate of Wanda Maximoff. And then the team all flying off in Genosha to go find the missing Wanda. Yay. So all of these, all of these memories go tumbling through his little Wolverine brain. And he is left standing on the balcony of this big ass flying helicarrier looking shook, deeply shook. And look, as this scene progresses, I'm sure they're talking and I'm sure these are relevant plot points that, that they're giving us here. But, um, I can't hear anything over watching Mystique's tank top fight for its life to cover her boobs. Like, what is happening there? Her blue boobs. Right. Bloobs. Her bloobs. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, it's very windy up there, Chris, and this tank top is kind of loose, so it can just barely keep her boobs covered. It's all over the place. God damn it. Why is that necessary? We have already seen her, like, sex kitten crawling across a bed. We don't need this. Like, she could have put on a shirt shirt. Look, we got, we got Logan arms. We're going to get, we're going to get uh, boobs popped it's out at any moment. not the same thing. It is not the same Why thing. Why not? It is not the same level of objectification. It's not. Because if you're admiring a man's muscular arms, you're admiring his strength. You're admiring his testosterone. You're admiring his work at the gym. You're admiring what those arms can do, uh -huh. how useful and utilitarian they are. If you're admiring a woman's boobs, you're admiring her sex organs. You're admiring her fun bags. There's nothing utilitarian about the breast tissue. It is entirely objectification and entirely a sexual thing. Unless you breastfeed. Unless you breastfeed, and in which case you're an infant and you're admiring them because you're hungry. Um, uh, I need that. You, you said something that I have to disagree with real quick. Um, hmm. uh, a man's arm is very much a sex organ. But not, that's not its only function. Like, that's not the only reason you admire it. Mm -hmm. That's not the only thing that's appealing about it. Okay. Whereas, arguably, in the, in the grander human consciousness, that's, boobs are for the sexy times. Boobs are incredibly sexualized in, in our culture, in Western culture, particularly American Western culture. Right, right, right. The, the, the boobs, boobs are, are about the sex. And that's a very male gaze thing. To be like enamored of the fact that you might see a nipple and there, there's like <laughs> under boob and side boob and top boob. Like all of that is on display except for the nipple in this scene because it's so windy up there. Um, but <laughs> it is it is a very female gaze. And I'm sorry to address the gaze thing in a very strict gender binary. Anybody it's it's more of a spectrum. Anybody of any gender identity can identify with and appreciate any version of male slash female gaze. Anyway, well, the term the term male. The term male gaze and female gaze is a, is a, is a, I don't know if I call it a literary term, but it's a philosophical term that's used a lot, right? And. Right. It's a media literacy term. Right. At right. this point. But I feel like that needs clarification. Yeah, like you yeah. don't have to be a dude to appreciate male gaze. And because you're a dude, you're not, you're not prohibited from appreciating female gaze. Like that's not a thing. It's a spectrum. Anyway. It is a very female gaze thing to admire a man's arms. Sleeves rolled up over a mus muscular forearm. Huh. Huh. That's porn to me. But it's not because forearms are something that I instantly associate with, with causing an orgasm. Okay. Like that's not, but 
it's because of everything that's implied by the admiration of that forearm, of the strength behind it, of the things that can be done with it, instead of just like, hey, maybe they'll bounce. I think they might they might breast boobily into my face. That would be amazing. You know, there's a difference. Got it. I got it. But if I'm looking anyway, if, if, if they have if we get like a butt shot of a guy, that's a male gaze thing. If you were to stare directly at his shaft, then yes. There are di- there's a huge difference in the levels of subtlety between male and female gaze, by the Got way. It. But you know what? Let's get back into this comic book. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, boobs. <laughs> so, 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 uh, Mystique, who has apparently recovered from being violently pounced upon earlier, and let me tell you, it would take me longer to recover because I would need to regain my composure and find my pants. But, uh, <laughs> well, look, she, Mystique has a yeah. power where she can give herself pants. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, she's out there on this porch and she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he's really not helping to reassure her by saying things like, I remember, I remember my whole life. What did we do yesterday? And she's like, uh, we had a successful mission. And she says, quote, is this about the casualties? Because that's not like you. Don't beat yourself up about it. They were just some human grunts. Oh, my. Huh. So whatever organization this is that they're at uses humans as cannon fodder. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. So Wolverine is like, what happened in in Genosha? She's like, I don't know. Did something happen in Genosha? I haven't looked at a newspaper. Is Lord Magnus okay? Lord Magnus? That sounds hot. Lord, Lord Magnus. A, that's hot. B, Wolverine, Logan, James, whoever the fuck he is, turns to look at her. When she says Lord Magnus, and this panel is so well drawn, I swear to God, the way he's staring at her, I can hear the <laughs> sirens going off. I can that feel his anger. It... Oh, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Amazing. That was a really evocative panel. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Anyway, so you turn the page. He gets a vision. It's not a memory. Maybe it's a memory. Unclear because it's not something we've seen before of like a cathedral. Yeah. And like very deep in the shadows, um, there is, was clearly a man in a wheelchair. So Professor X, um, but sitting there with like three hooded figures looming over him. Oh my. So do we think maybe that's Magneto, Pietro and Wanda? Possible. Like looming over. Do we I, think? I have, we, yeah. uh, I have, um, um, how do I say? adult uh, video scenes that start off like this. So it could be any number of things. (laughs) Anything could be going on. But my mind immediately jumps to what if they have somehow like trapped Professor X and they're using his psychic power to boost the signal, as it were, on Wanda's abilities, thus turning her reality warping into a global phenomenon and not a local to Genosha phenomenon. Oh, wow. Uh, I love I love that idea, uh, and I also feel like uh, using Professor X's powers over and over again is a reoccurring uh, thing that happens in the X Men right. story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's dangerous, and so the the scariest thing about a psychic as powerful as Professor X is him losing control over his powers. Yay! And somebody else co-opting that control. Not just like wild random shit, but someone else using his powers. So again, I have not read ahead. I am taking these issues as they come. Uh, so I don't know. I'm just, I'm just speculating, mm-hmm. wildly theorizing. Okay. Back to James and Mystique. She's all, did you pop a brain stitch? What the fuck? And I can't tell 
because Papa Brainstitch is a turn of phrase that happens a few times. Yeah. Um, in this issue. And I'm not sure if that is like real, like in world, in story vernacular that they're using, or if the writer is like trying to make fetch happen with Papa Brainstitch and getting that into like pop culture. I don't know. It feels like the latter because, um, you know, I, so uh, let me take a step back real quick. Oh, uh, Su- Super Sandman in our chat because we're recording live. Uh-huh. Did, did make a good point. I forgot to bring up that I wanted to tell you. Unlike the movies, Mystique almost never works with Magneto, so this is very out of character. Um, Myst- oh, Mystique also okay. has a weird little skull embedded on her forehead, and I'm like, can you take right. that off, girl? Is it detachable? right? Like you couldn't you couldn't put on a bra, but you put on your forehead skull. <laughs> is that just like an extra skull? Like what's maybe, going on? Maybe here? that's her twin sister that never just fully happened. And that's why she has <laughs> that's <power>. partially <laughs> absorbed twin. <laughs> she's right there. That's why she's got the shape shifting power. She's trying to cover up the fact that her she's got an infant skull in her forehead. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, but Lord. like, so uh, I've compa- some Stephen I, King shit, <laughs> right? Uh, I've compared comic books to professional wrestling and soap operas, right? Um, right. But here's the biggest difference between a comic book, at least from what I've seen, based on the comic books I've been reading. Here's the difference between comic books and pro wrestling or soap operas. When when soap operas and pro wrestling have like a big event where they're wanting to draw more viewers, they're going to include as uh, as many big stars as possible to try to right. get people who don't usually watch or may, maybe are more casual in their watching to, to, to watch the show and to get them to see these other characters, these other storylines, and get the, get them hooked. I feel right. like I feel like comic books do the opposite. I feel like when they have a big event, they're going to include all these characters that I don't give a fuck about, and they're going <laughs> to include all these references that I couldn't possibly know unless I've been reading Marvel. Unless comics. you're like, yeah, deep in the arcane lore, yeah. But but that's the thing about uh, uh, and so I had a conversation with a friend of mine about it, and they're big Marvel historians, whatever, and they're they're quite they're quick to note that Marvel's been around for a really long time. And these type of events reward people that have been dedicated comic book readers for a long right. time. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're they're rewarding the hardcore fans with this. This isn't a pull in new people. This is a no. cake for the, the hardcore fans. Anyway. So, yeah. Getting back into the plot here. Um, so Wolverine is like, what the fuck is going on? And Mystique is like, did you pop a brain stitch? And then she tells him that they can take him to somebody named Madam Webb. Yeah. To get him set right. She says, quote, you wouldn't be the first agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. who ever needed some adjustment. It's nothing to be ashamed of. I have questions. Um, A, has Logan ever worked with S.H.I.E.L.D.? Uh, Do we know? Uh, I would have to defer to our comic book uh, expertise, uh, experts. Um, I- Patrons in the chat, uh, if you could real-time inform us if Logan has ever worked with S.H.I.E.L.D., that'd be great. Um and also, who who the fuck is Madam Webb? Hey, Steph, would you like to know about Madam Webb? <laughs> I would love to hear this. Uh, also known as Cassandra Webb. Oh. Um, comic book writers, like, help me out with this one. When you think of names for people, do you borrow from the book of Star Wars to start coming up with people's names? Is that what's... Anyway. She was born in Salem, Oregon. Uh, she made her debut in Amazing Spider-Man November 1980, so she's a little bit of a of a older character. 
Um, she is a paralyzed, blind, telepathic. How dare you? How dare you? She came into being in 1980 and she's old? Yeah. I said what I said. Wait, what year was I born, bitch? Oh, I don't know. You, what year were you born, Steph? Hmm? Hmm? I will find you. <laughs> I'm not old. I'm high level. Go on. Tell us about Madame She's Web. a high level I'm character. so old. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, she has clairvoyance, precognition, telepathy, and gifted intellect. Um, she has run. Um, I'm. I've uh, in my research. I couldn't tell if she was a villain or a good person. She did some cool shit with Spider Man, but then she also mm. tried to kill him a few times. So, and you know, I mean, it happens. I feel like Peter Parker elicits that response anyway. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Um, anyway, um, she is a mutant, so, uh, she first showed up to help, uh, Spider-Man find somebody that got kidnapped, and then, um, yeah, and that, that, that's it. So she has the power to basically, uh, mentally rearrange your entire brain. Okay, so that's disturbing to know that that is in play, uh, and that she is working under the employ of Lord Magnus, apparently, to fix his agents who go off the rails. Yeah. And look, that sounds if, great. I, I not the problematic way, at all. The way I took this is like you're having mental health issues. Allow this clairvoyant person to fix that for you. And like, where is that therapist? Right. Like, can we? Could you? I, but you'd have to trust that they would only go in and like tweak your serotonin a little bit. You know, right, like right. don't do anything else. Don't do anything else. Just, just like I, I can process. I just can't stop crying. Can you fix that? That would be great. <laughs> Anyway, I would uh, like so, to when I'm on a freeway, not suddenly hyperventilate and have like, like a high heart I rate. And- I feel like that is a very natural human instinctive survival reaction to a dangerous situation. <laughs> Same. Fair. By the way, my neighbor started his car. I can. I, I was like, is that my side or your side? No, that's your nope, side. That's. I'm starting to get to know the engine. I love that. Um, yeah. uh, well, he's very proud of how fucking loud it is. He's really nice. My neighbors are fucking great, but god damn it. Uh, yeah, Super Sam in our chat, because we're live recording, says, uh, she's a morally great hero. She's very much a vi- divisions indicate hero. That That's kind of how uh, okay. I got it, too. Because, you know, people who see the future, they do crazy shit. I, th- I think it's hard to stay like a, a true blue good guy if you can actually see the future. And you can actually see, like, what the options are and stuff. I think it's easy to be a good guy if you're reactionary instead of pre-actionary. I love that. You know? Anyway, okay. So she's like, we can just take you to this lady. She can scramble your brain back into place. And Wolverine responds to this by saying nothing and leaping over the rail and plummeting down into the city below to slam into a skyscraper. Assuming I'm, I'm assuming this is going to break every single bone in his body and do so much damage to his internal organs. But it doesn't sure. fucking matter because he's the fucking Wolverine. He's going to heal all because he's shit. the fucking Wolverine and his his main power is regeneration. But that still fucking hurts. I don't think he cares anymore. I, th- Logan, God like damn, you get man. you get used to pain though. And like, how old is he? Like, the- I can have a I can have a full on fucking migraine and still function. You're used I to can it. walk around the house and do things. You just get fucking used to pain. I'm in pain every day. Eh. Um, uh, I mean, yeah. So Logan, instead of I don't know, taking an elevator or stairs or borrowing well, a okay, vehicle, but, 
But he's he is on a helicarrier yeah. right now. So is this a, is the is this a reasonable normal person response? No. <laughs> but is it very much on brand for Wolverine? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he's plummeting. Uh, Mystique is watching him plummet. Um, his shirt comes off. I'm not. I'm, it gets. It gets shredded is the thing because his body can recover from the damage of, uh, you know, terminal velocity impact with an actual skyscraper, uh, but his shirt cannot. I I appreciate so, that. That's what happened there. I, I, I do, too. Yeah. That entertains me for the rest of the comic. <laughs> anyway, so a bluttered, a bluttered, a bluttered, a bloodied, bloodied, battered Wolverine uh, is gazing across the clearly mutant dominant city and says what we're all thinking. What is going on? Yes. And yeah. the next section of my notes just says, God damn it. Why? <laughs> you, t- you turn the you turn the page and a it is it is young Joe Biden. Wow. That's supposed that's Lord Magnus. That's Magneto. But in this like suddenly weirdly very intricately softly shaded painterly cover for the Pulse magazine, um he looks like a young Joe Biden. He does. He does. Look, young Joe Biden could get it. Oh, Lord Magnus can get this uh with his bright blue eyes. It's a good it's a good cover. Yeah. No, he's looking good. And like the headline is all The House of Magnus's big day. Children of the Atom and world leaders gather to pay tribute. I would also like to gather to pay tribute. Who? I don't know who the children of the Atom are. Are the children of the Atom. Did I bother looking it up? No, because I'm trusting that this this comic is going to explain it later. Right. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been on the fucking cover of this magazine that we're looking at right yeah, now. Yeah, right. Um, there's also a picture of Carol Danvers' face uh, saying, Trouble for Captain Marvel? Question mark. And I'm fine. I'm fine with this format. Okay, big print pictures gets the point across. We are still showing and not telling. Right. Lord Magnus Magneto is a very public figure, the kind of guy who gets on the cover of a magazine for throwing a party. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And and the good thing here is that I believe this comic book will continue to show and not tell and not blast a whole lot of fucking text in my face that I cannot read. Anyway. What happens next? So you turn the page, you turn the page, and I literally, like, I I saw this, and I tried, and I literally messaged Chris and said, why is the comic book making me read a fucking newspaper right now? Right. Because that's what it is. The format now is, like, teeny tiny text laid out newspaper style, which I have always had trouble reading because the narrow columns fuck me up. Because I, I try to read straight across the page and you can't. It's like fucking word salad at that point. You got to stay with it anyway. Um, so I did my best. And I don't know how anybody, anybody read this shit on paper. I don't either. The only reason, the only reason I was able to get through this is because I was reading it on the Marvel Unlimited app and I could zoom. Right. I could zoom in and isolate text. Jesus Christ. So I'm just going to give you a rundown, babe, of everything that's on here real quick. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Because because I I am going to go into this little scenario here, going through the Pulse magazine, which is for some reason laid out like a newspaper, and I'm going to assume that all of the information that they are pouring onto this page and thus pouring into my eyeballs and into my poor overworked brain is relevant and will be important later in the story. Yeah. 
So we're going to cover all of this. And when it turns out, not if, but when it turns out that all of this information is not relevant to the story later, I'm going to be pissed. Just so we know. Okay. (laughs) So... The big headline story is the House of Magnus gala event. Um, it's the thing that Storm was getting dressed up in her nipple clinging dress for earlier. <laughs> yeah. It is a society page puff piece about all these A-listers that are going to be there. They list off people like King T'Challa and Lord Victor Von Doom and stuff like that who are all going to be in attendance. Cool. But also they mention that there have been threats against the House Magnus lately. And so there's going to be super extra security at the party. Okay. We finally start getting some of the history of this reality clarified. So there is that. Um, we find out that Lord Magnus is Eric Magnus. He was born in Auschwitz. Yep. Cool. Uh, he was attacked by sapiens a lot, to the point that he got branded a mutant terrorist. Certainly not the history that we know. Right. For this guy. Less of a, oh my god, the humans are attacking him, why? And more of a, he murdered a bunch of humans. Like that is much more the history we know, but anyway. Um, But this is what happens when you're the victor and you get to tell the story. History is told by the winners. And in this moment, Lord Magnus is the winner. So he gets to tell the story and the story is the Sapiens fucking attacked him a lot. And so he got branded a mutant terrorist. Anyway, on August 18th, 1979, Magnus fought off a bunch of mutant hunting sentinels over this over New York City. And the fight ended with Magnus unveiling a global anti-mutant conspiracy that implicated all the world leaders like President Nixon. Wow. All of that. Wow. Yeah. After that, the UN granted Magnus the island of Genosha as a nation for mutants, after which mutant population exploded, because that's what happens when people have a safe place to live. (laughs) Cool. All right. We move on to another article about mutant stem cell research. There's quite a debate going on there. People are... um, they're debating like the moral implications of experimenting on mutant embryos. Uh, we're looping back around to the um, this the research that Hank Pym was doing in the previous issue. Right. Is it okay? Is it racist? Why are we doing research into mutant genes? There is a doctor, you may have heard of him, by the name of Otto Octavius, who has developed a new procedure to study mutant genes without using mutant embryos. This procedure is called altered. Maybe. Not 100% sure what's going on with that. We move on. There is a story about a Hydra group. Hydra gloop? Gloop? Like like Augustus gloop, but Hydra? (laughs) A Hydra splinter group that is claiming responsibility for the kidnapping of an 11-year-old mutant girl who is also the daughter of a Japanese businessman that Hydra claims is actually the head of the crime cartel clan Yashida. Cool. Sure. Turn the page. That's it for one fucking page, by the way. All of that information was crammed onto one page. And I'm summarizing. I kind of hate uh, hate this already, but keep going. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we turn the page. This entire page is apparently written by Janet Van, da- Van Dyne. This is kind of a gossip page section. And I'm guessing Janet Van Dyne, um, because she was not a mutant, she wore a suit. So she's just a sapien. Okay. Right now. I don't know. I don't know. She's That's a gossip columnist right now, apparently. Sure. There is a very awkward photo of Peter Parker um, leaned over tying his son Richie's shoes. Um. So. What, what? is Richie wearing? Shut up. I don't know, and I'm not going to mock a child. Look, uh, this comic artist is really, really good at drawing boobs barely contained by a tank top. Does not know how to do toddlers. 
No. Um, and, and for the record, I get spat on and screamed at and stepped on by children all the time. So I feel like I am allowed to make fun of a fictional illustration of a child. It's really okay. it's really more so on the artist than than this non-existent it child. It's really bad. And also, and also, this kid looks to be four, four or five years old. Right. Based on the size of them. So why is he waking up in the middle of the night crying, which is what we saw back in issue one? Right. That's an infant thing, not a preschooler thing. Maybe. Like preschoolers will also wake up, but not like that. Maybe you have more than one kid? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, it was clearly a paparazzi photo. Peter Parker does not look prepared. We have more information, though. Okay. There is an article about two sapien gang leaders who were arrested in Hell's Kitchen, uh, Rafael Vega and Shang-Chi. They are the leaders of organized sapien crime groups uh, that are now being indicted for a whole ass list of crimes, including but not limited to murder, racketeering, and the smuggling of illegal sapiens into the United States. What? Yeah. Illegal sapiens? Yes. I kind of love the sound of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We get a blurb at the bottom of a shirtless guy with a saber-toothed tiger on a leash named Lord Kevin Plunder. I'm uh, not sure. I don't, don't know, know her. I, I, didn't look I was like, uh, uh, when I tried looking him up, for some reason, I went down a rabbit hole of, of <laughs> tiger attacks. And okay. um, yeah. All right. We have a lot uh, of those, apparently. Did you know, Steph, that the, oh, on average, no, this is true, uh, true. On average, 40 people a year in the United States get killed by a tiger. 40 people That's a year. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tigers aren't so, fucking pets, people. Why the fuck are you I, buying right? them illegally and putting them on your property? Because they will eat you. They are fucking cats. Why would you do that? That's what they want to do. They yeah. want to eat you. Yeah. Every every cell in their body is saying that that squishy fucking monkey over there is edible. Yeah. They do not love so you. stop it. No. Anyway, it if doesn't matter If your domesticated cat them. could eat you, they would. Look, do you remember way back at the beginning of the, no, it's Boomer and 100% plans to eat me if we all just die right. in this house. She'll eat me. Um, do you remember way back at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, the whole Tiger King thing? Yeah. That was going on. So you learn a lot through all of the fucking drama, uh, which is that the cub petting industry is really profitable, or at least it was at the time, where like you pull over to a fucking tent on the side of the highway and pet tiger cubs. Well, how do you get tiger cubs? You make and they don't stay cubs forever and they don't stay safe enough for tourists to cuddle with forever. Crazy. So you have to keep making them. And so then you get these adult tigers who used to be the cubs that were being petted. And now they're just like living in somebody's garden shed. So yeah, somebody's going to fucking die. Anyway, Okay, so Lord Kevin Plunder is now claiming asylum in the United States. He's going to add to the problem because he's not just bringing a tiger. That is a saber-toothed cat. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, So Tony Stark has averted a hostile takeover of his company, presumably by somebody by the name of Jason Wingard, whoever the fuck that is. Talk show host Allison Blair, who we saw last issue, uh, just got her show renewed for like a multi-million dollar contract, which is interesting because there are rumors that her mutant powers are fading due to a rare blood disorder. Wow. Ralph Macchio? Don't know. Ralph Macchio. Like the... Like the... Ralph Macchio is apparently a comic book guru now. So okay. there's no karate... There, I'm sorry we're talking about this, but there's no... In this universe? There's no... They never made a movie? There's no Mr. Miyagi? No, he does comic books. He does comic books. Wow, this yeah. this world sucks. 
<laughs> fucking hate it. Okay. Uh, there is a sex scandal for somebody by the name of Warren Worthington III. The Hellfire Club has closed its doors for the first time since 1760. There are rumors that She-Hulk is banging a blind lawyer in the courthouse. And uh, to- <laughs> Tony Stark may have gotten a supermodel pregnant. So those last two, those last two items are possible. <laughs> yeah, that's not even alternate reality shit. That's, yeah, that's that, legit. That's, that's real. Yeah. Anyway, I would like a gold star for 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 that. Okay, for going through these two fucking torturous pages and pulling all that information out. It will all be fucking relevant before the end of this comic series, or I'm flipping tables. How dare you? Anyway, how uh, dare you make me work this hard for a comic book? Uh, Super Sam Man's giving us a lot of information right now. Uh, uh, God damn it, uh, Richard, Sam. Richard Parker is the name of <laughs> Peter's biological father, presumably the kid's namesake. Uh, Kevin Plunder, aka Kaza, is the Marvel Tarzan equivalent. Okay. Okay. The uh, the tiger is called Zabu. Uh, J- okay. J- Jason Wingrade is called Mastermind and is a mutant illusionist and a terrible person. I feel seen. Oh. And uh, uh, Warren Worthington is a mutant called Angel. I knew that one, kind of. Did you? I knew. I know there's a mutant called okay. Angel. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> mercifully, thankfully, blessedly, uh, somebody off camera interrupts Wolverine, who is also, I feel, uh, like us, incredibly frustrated trying to read this goddamn newspaper. Uh, but he's reading it at a newsstand on the street without paying for it. So the newsstand's guy is like, will you fucking pay for that? Wolverine ignores him, walks up to a guy who just pulled up on his motorcycle and is like, I need your bike. <laughs> I need your clothes. I need your motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> No. Uh, and the guy, the guy, understandably, tells him to go to hell. So Wolverine, understandably, punches him in the fucking face and steals his bike. I saw that shit coming. That's hot. That's hot. So turn the page. We are nighttime. We have a little title card that gives us the address of where we are. Now, this is the first time that we've gotten one of these little title cards other than telling us, like, what city we're in. Uh, and so the address, I feel, is important. So I Googled it. It is. The address is 1407 Gray Malkin Lane, Salem Center, Westchester County, which is the address for Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. Wow. Yeah, it's it's X-Men Academy. That's that's uh, where Wolverine has gone. In uh, the middle of the night. And I'm not saying when I heard the sound earlier that I was hoping it would be Wolverine, but I'm not not saying that. <laughs> so Wolverine is sneaking yeah. and sniffing. Because that's what he does. He's so feral. He has a sense of smell. I know. Sniffing around, doing his sniffing thing. Sniffing through the darkness. He passes by a sleeping kid. He accosts a man who is sleeping uh, and demands to know where Charles Xavier is. The guy does not know. He's never heard of Charles Xavier. He's been living in this house for 15 years. Who are you? What are you fucking talking about? Logan leaves. (laughs) (laughs) He frightens a man in his own home and takes off. And he arrives at a roadhouse. Roadhouse. And he calls the operator from the payphone. Yeah. So back in the day, kids, <laughs> not everybody had a cell phone in their pocket. So if you needed to make a phone call, there were these uh, these booths of publicly available telephones that were like with a cord and everything and like buttons you had to push. And that was and you had to pay to use them. Right. Mm -hmm. Like drop in a quarter, maybe 35 cents if you're going long distance. Long distance is when you have to call somebody whose phone is far away from your location. 
They're like in a different area code, a different, yeah. And so that's a long distance call. It's not a local call. It's a long distance call. And that kind of call would cost more to make. I have a really fun story for you. Do you? Because I'm being condescending about phones right now. Uh, I'm going I'm, I'm gonna to be condescending about how old we are in a second. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm watching a really old wrestling pay-per-view with the kids and my fam. Uh huh. And 1-800-COLLECT happened to be a sponsor. <laughs> 1-800-COLLECT. Yeah. And uh, they asked me, you know, Uncle Chris, what what is that? And I'm trying to explain everything you just explained. Uh-huh. And and I also But but with the added complication of reversing the charges. Right. So that the cost of this phone call is now upon the person you have called and not upon you. Yeah. Um yeah. and they look at me so confused and so panicked, and one of them says, Chris, your your childhood sounds stupid. And I've never felt <laughs> I, I, I've never felt more it, seen. And yes It was, but not why you think <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so if you did not know the phone number of the person you were trying to call and you didn't have a phone book, because back in the day, kids, um, phone numbers would be printed in an actual book of paper. And you would have to open that and flip through it to find that you didn't just recycle them immediately as soon as they showed up on your doorstep. That's phone books were useful. Anyway, you didn't have a phone book and you didn't know the phone number of the person you were trying to find. You could hit O for operator on the phone and that would get you a real live person yep. who could do the searching for the phone number for you but if you're asking about somebody who maybe doesn't exist in this reality like charles xavier and you don't even know what city to have the operator search in that search isn't going to go well which is what wolverine is trying to do right now he's trying to get the operator to find charles xavier he doesn't even know where to start so the operator is unable to find charles xavier he switches he's like okay um peter parker and the operator goes the fan club (laughs) and he's like what (laughs) but then before logan can get super frustrated with the operator he spots some nearby mutant regnecks about to do a hate crime on a sapien girl wow So he drops the phone, leaves it hanging off the hook, and then he stalks towards them. His claws pop out. We get our first snicked of the series. It's the little, the little sound effect word snicked for his claws coming out. I love it. And look, that's a good panel. Mm-hmm. Right? He's got the torn up shirt and like the the vengeful breeze is blowing his his overshirt back and he's about to go bust some bigot ass in my pants, fly off again. I love Logan so again! much. Again! And I, I love just that, got my pants back on. I love that there's no urgency from him though. He's like, okay, fine. You know, he's gonna he's gonna cause some murder right now. Yeah, I mean Logan gonna Logan. Yeah. He may be completely confused about why about why reality is the way it is right now, but one thing is not confusing, which is three dudes about to beat up a girl alone. That he can go do something about. Yeah. And it'll be fun. So. <laughs> anyway, we don't get to see what he does. We have to assume he did a mayhem. Uh, and I, I think as- it's a safe assumption. I assume uh, heads rolled literally and pieces flew off and I'm And, I'm and the girl that. was traumatized in the process. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Logan's help is not always super helpful. <laughs> like the end justifies the means, I guess, but like who's paying for her therapy after? A lot. Like she definitely has like blood spl- spray on her face yeah. right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I love that for her journey. Anyway, Wolverine is back in New York City. He is staring at the city with mutants everywhere. He's walking through the crowds. He goes to Stark Tower and he's telling the receptionist that he wants to talk to Tony Stark. And I feel like that's a little bit like walking into an Apple store and saying you want to talk to Steve Jobs. Yeah, but uh, in in Logan's normal reality, uh, Tony is in New York uh, in his building. So it kind of makes sense. But then... The receptionist person, who, by the way, is a robot. Uh, why not? Why not? Uh, Dean on the Stark Tech bullshit counter. There um, you go. There you go. Uh, sh- he lives in Chicago. Yeah. She doesn't say that, though. She's like, he doesn't live here. He just owns the building. Right. <laughs> like, what the fuck? But we don't have long to contemplate that or to find out where Tony might actually be. Because, surprise, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents have found Wolverine. Oh, good. And they're like, hey, buddy, so don't make this weird. The bosses want you to come back, and they aren't picky about how we bring you back. So, and I'm thinking, like, under, if they were talking to anybody else, that would be a dead or alive type phrase, but they can't. Nobody's going to kill him. Yeah. Like, that would be really difficult. (laughs) So, (laughs) it's just a matter of if he's going awake or not. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, But we do get a look at his team in their matching tactical marching band uniforms. I hate it. I I, I don't. They're not good. They're not good. It's not good. Um, No amount of thigh gap is going to make these uniforms (laughs) look good. And there's a lot of thigh gap going on. There's a lot of thigh gap. And I just don't like the outfits. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're not good. They're not good. Um, Um, So, this is how I know that the artists of this comic are straight. Oh. Yeah, band uniforms, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going back to thigh gap, but oh, I mean that was a given too. But just like... the design of the 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 uniforms look dumb. Yeah, they look dumb. Um, I don't I don't like it. I veto on the uniforms. Yeah, because like the boots, it's the white panel in the front. It doesn't look right. That's not flattering. The camel toe is out of control, and the 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 <laughs> boots and knee pads don't make any fucking sense. Right, like what it looks like. It's it's a mismatch. The boots look like like a, a an alien exoskeleton. Right. You know they they look they look like fucking hockey pads. It's weird. Anyway, so the team is assembled. We get a look at them. Um, the leader is Agent Drew. Apparently, I had to look that up. Uh, is that Spider Woman? Uh, maybe. Maybe I, I, I didn't. I didn't look um, it up because at this point I was really annoyed with the issue. <laughs> and then it says in my notes in all caps omg is that rogue it is rogue yeah so that's rogue you can tell because she's got the two-tone hair and she calls him sugar so <laughs> that's my girl that's rogue also toad Ugh. and nightcrawler and mystique they're all there and they're all like hey james what the fuck is wrong with you right you need to come back with us and at one point we realize that these are what they call themselves red guard agents oh which isn't fascist and ominous at all (laughs) it's fine he just fucking stares at them he's clearly not going to comply mystique keeps trying to make fetch happen with this popped a stitch phrase that they keep throwing around uh wolverine is like how did you find me and they're like you have a tracker in your neck jackass oh like and this is where we start to realize that maybe wolverine's memories of the current timeline are a little less complete than he thought because he didn't know he had a fucking tracker Okay, he's like, oh, right, okay, sure. And then he just cracks his elbow right into Agent Drew's nose, fucking breaks it. Ouch. Uh, And now it's a chase scene. Yay. Because he's not going to be taken in by these guys. And you know what? That's not even just 
just Logan's natural, like, oppositional defiance disorder going on. That's, <laughs> that's, that, that, though that's definitely a contributing factor. He also knows that the solution when they take him back is to take him to some bitch named Madam Webb who will fix his brain for him. Yeah. And maybe he doesn't want that to happen. Yeah. And also he doesn't want to wear a band uniform. That I don't blame him for. That last one. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm here for that. So he's on the run. There's lots of shooting, lots of pew pew. Nightcrawler is bamfing around, which I always love to see. Um, Logan sees the bamfing, grabs him by the tail, throws him across the room. Love that. <laughs> Mystique, Mystique chases him out to the street. He starts up the motorcycle and she's all blah, 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 blah. Don't make me do this. You selfish censored. Um, so what do we think they censored there? Because we've already said bitch in this comic series. Fuck. So selfish fuck. I, I, I thought it might be prick. Would they, would they but, cover that up? Though? But if you can say bitch, you can say prick. Yeah. So I think it's, yeah, you might be right. It might be fuck. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It could be a slur, but I don't know what kind of slur you I would don't. use. Right. And like, not in that context. You selfish something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and people are, people on chat are saying dick. I don't know if that would be covered up either. I don't, I don't, they said bitch. But if you can say bitch, but you can't say dick, we're just getting back to more sexism. It is okay to use um, it's okay to know, use cuss dick, words. Right. No, it's okay to use cuss words that are derogatory towards women, but not cuss words that refer to male anatomy. Oh. Uh, once again, men are getting shafted. No, once again, <laughs> men suck. <laughs> yeah. Why are you doing this? I'm trying to make all the Why? penis jokes right now. Okay. Anyway, Logan takes off. There is more bamfing as Nightcrawler pursues. He almost fucking has him. Like, Logan is taking off on motorcycle, speeding. Nightcrawler almost has him. And then all of a sudden, oh no, Nightcrawler falls to the ground with his back full of arrows. Ouch. Arrows. Yeah. Where'd the arrows come from, Chris? Uh, don't know. I know somebody that fires arrows, though. I know. I am... Eagerly anticipating the appearance of the person who fired those arrows, Logan does a crazy leap with his motorcycle over a bunch of traffic. He is about to land back on the pavement when a mysterious cloaked figure appears in the middle of the street right in front of him, opens up his cloak and catches Logan motorcycle and all in the black void of his cloak, Wolverine disappears. Wow. Wow. I know! It's fucking dope, right? right? I'm still not forgiving them for the fucking magazine thing earlier. <laughs> it's a cool chase scene. Unforgiven. Turn the page. We see the motorcycle and Logan go crashing into the floor of a darkened room. He pops up. He's all feral and roaring with his snicked claws out. and He's about to fuck somebody up. And if my pants weren't already off, they would be off again. I really am a sucker for this moment where Logan's just like roaring. I and love just, it too. It's just, uh, arr, 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 arr. yeah. He looks so so ferocious, so mean. His 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 shirt is torn. Both of his shirts are torn. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, yeah, yeah. His wardrobe's been through some shit. <laughs> his hair though <laughs> maintains perfect, perfect every time. 
Anyway, he's about to fuck somebody up, but er, his whole brain and everything about him comes to a screeching halt because that is Luke Cage and his fucking massively muscled arms telling Logan to calm down. And I'm not calmed down right now. Uh, no, this opposite <laughs> of calm. Every, I just, I just moved the adrenaline over to a different category. Right, right, <laughs> um, right. But he does say, calm it down, mutant. He doesn't like call him by a name or anything. He calls him mutant. Wolverine recognizes him. He's like, Cage? And Luke Cage goes, wait, you know me? Right. So we have some confusion here. Wolverine starts asking, what the fuck is going on? And Luke Cage is like, ah, no, no, no. I'm not talking to you until you crash your tracker. Right. And Logan's like, huh? Because in Logan's defense, he's very smart. But in his defense, he's had a bit of a day. Yeah. So... Following the conversation may be a little difficult. He did just get transported through a dark void. Um, things are weird. He's a little discombobulated. So Luke Cage has to repeat himself. and is like, the tracker in your neck. You need to destroy it or we will do it for you. And a voice from off the page goes, you heard the man. And Logan turns to see Hawkeye. Oh, Hawkeye. shit is standing there and he's got cloak and his big cloaky shadow looming behind him and he's got an arrow drawn and aimed directly at logan and he says do it to be continued oh my gosh (laughs) to be continued directly into my bedroom please good god that panel was hot but they gave they gave clint spider-man crotch now explain what that means do tell because i didn't even look i don't have it here with me i'm i'll have to look at it later so what when you go to the theme park and you go to avengers campus and you see (laughs) and you see spider-man uh they make sure to block any evidence that that's this spider-man could possibly have an appendage in down there they right yeah that is a full kendall moment right right um which is appropriate in the happiest place on earth for families agreed Agreed. But I noticed from time to time a lot of the men and their and how they're drawn in these Marvel comic books have the same infliction. So if you're gonna make give women all the boobs and the ass and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you're, you're not gonna you're, you're not gonna give me a a, a man a bulge. a bulge, really? Right. Really? I mean, even even just put him in like a dance belt or a cup. Right. Like, there's no reason that he wouldn't have a cup. Like an athletic supporter. And Marvel's not the only strap. one that does this. DC does this too. I noticed that uh, every, uh, there was a recent uh, comic that my friend made me read. It was a Superman comic. And I guess it. I guess Superman has the same problem. Here's the thing. You're, this is an extremely valid point. The crotches of men get very little detail. They get a lot of just like modesty and obscurity in these comics but just earlier we were talking about the shot of of the red guard team right standing there and how there's a lot of thigh gap on agent drew specifically the amount of loving detail that is put into rendering not just her thigh gap but the fact that you can see a little bit of her ass cheek yeah like through her thigh gap and you can see like the folds in the fabric around her lady bits and all of that is is lovingly rendered in excruciating detail but hawkeye gets a kendall crotch yeah because sexism hate it um now um i don't know how you feel felt about the storytelling in this issue this is just eh. this is just my opinion i hated it i hated it 
The whole thing? I mean, I liked parts of it. it I, li- I liked everything Logan. I, I thought the comic started out very strong. I love that they played mm-hmm. the greatest hits of Logan's right. most traumatizing moments. Um, especially since the callback to when he first debuted. He debuted in Incredible Hulk, because we've talked about that before. Um, right, yeah. That, and that very moment actually happened. I love that throwback. The The newspaper bit derailed everything it. for me. It really brought the entire like flow and rhythm to a screeching halt. And I know they were trying to get it back after. And I feel like they felt like they needed to do that to info dump. Um, because they only have, this is like an eight issue run. Right. Yeah. They only have eight issues to try and tell all of the history and all of the context of this globally spanning down to the minute fucking details, uh, reality altering situation. I get that they felt like they needed that, but we didn't need all that information. Unless all of that information is fan service to the longtime fans of the comics, which it almost certainly is. But in my opinion, it's shitty storytelling. And the, the, they sacrificed the story and the pace for that. Right. Like, I'm now going to go back to the intro because this is like the, the nail in the coffin for me for this issue. Uh, if you read the intro, Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about wrestling superstar actor Peter Parker, Tony Stark in Chicago. Uh, New York Cell's Kitchen is widely known as Sapien Town, which is where all the Sapiens hang right. out. Uh, I would have loved to have seen all that in the way that the story was being told in the previous two issues. Not just, oh yeah, blah, here's the intro. Mm-hmm. We're not going to include any of this shit, by the way, in the main story. You're going to have to buy the comic books that are outside. Which is, yeah. it's a commercial, and I get that. Um, but it's not good storytelling, in my opinion. It's just, it's not... I'm starting to wonder if maybe, and comics readers can help out here, um, if maybe there's a culture in comics reading where you have people who will like zoom in and read all of the fine print because that, that intro was written, was typed in, it's very tiny print yeah. on that page, on a page full of text. So I feel like there's probably at least two different kinds of comic readers. The ones who are like, ooh, tiny text, let me read every single word that has been printed on this page. I want all of the information. And then there are the readers who are like, ah, words, turn page. Yeah. And just like skim the pictures and move on. Um, and I feel like I am... If I were to become a consistent comics reader, I would be in the second category. <laughs> I would not. If I would, if I didn't have to do a podcast on this comic book, I would not have read the Pulse magazine. I would have skimmed the headlines and moved on. Well, not all comic books are like this, Steph. Like I'm reading, I've been reading Star Wars comics, and uh, I don't have these issues. I don't have these problems. Right. Um, well, what I, what I mean is that the creators, the writers, the editors of this comic book know that there are different kinds of readers. And so there are readers who will read all of this text and there are readers who won't. So for the readers who won't read it, the pace of the story is not in any way impacted for them. For the readers who do read it, the pace of the story is impacted, but they enjoyed it because they like all that information. I Okay, you're right. I, I, I agree with you. I agree. That makes perfect sense. And what I'm saying is I didn't enjoy that. I am in the second I category. Hated it. Give I, me the give me the words. Well, give me give me the picture. And, I want Logan's muscles, please. And uh, you know, you know who I keep thinking about when I'm reading, in particular this comic book. But I was thinking about him uh, when we were watching, um, uh, we're watching, reading in the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, uh-huh. Our our friend, hi Philip, uh, who hey, Phil. uh, got us into Marvel in the first place. Yeah, this is his fault. This is his yeah. fault. But also, yep. he has visual uh disabilities right 
Right. How did yeah. he fucking read any of this shit? Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I recall watching Phil read comic books, um, uh, back in the college and he had a magnifying glass. Yeah. And that was just to read regular comics. I don't, I don't know how he would read something like this. Um, it's not, it is not very inclusive I, uh, I, of Marvel to do shit like this. I have, I am reading more modern comics in, in both Marvel, <laughs> uh, the DC one I just mentioned and Star Wars. They're a lot better, at least the ones I've happened to read. They're a lot better right. about uh, being able to, uh, being easier to read for me. And I think for people with visual issues, the apps certainly help with that too. And a lot of the comics... The ability to zoom in is a fucking game changer. Thank God. Um, and yeah. the, the co- I, I feel like comics now are being created with that in mind. Like we're get, People are probably going to read this on an app versus having a physical copy of it. Uh, mm-hmm. but like, wow, man, like t- it's, this is, this comic was made in 2005 and we knew, right. uh, people with disabilities existed. What the fuck? They didn't care. They didn't care. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't care to make them accessible, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that they have improved anyway. Um, so this, this issue was rough. Uh, there were things to adore about it, uh, because anything that's going to focus entirely on Wolverine, um, gets a head start in the score in my book yeah uh, you get like 10 points automatically <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then it can go up or down from there but yeah um so but it was really it was hard to read it was just physically difficult yeah. to read. So, so uh and yeah this this issue pissed me off i had to keep reading it gets I, i'm very curious to see what you're going to think uh about the rest of the story i will say the cover of the next uh issue is uh i saw the cover um I'm not going to have anything pure of heart to say about it. Yeah. Next issue. So, yeah. Next next episode. Yeah. Y'all just the, fucking get ready. Next issue, the thirst is real. Very real. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so that was it for House of M issue three. Next time we will be talking about House of M issue four. Yeah. 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 So do you have anything else for today? Not today. No. Okay. How do we talk this long about a comic book? Oh, because we fucking dicked around at the beginning. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <clears throat> sorry, we read an outro. You're an yeah, outro? Yep, 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 outro? yep. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate that. We appreciate you. Uh, if you would like to hang out with us in between episodes, you totally can. We're entirely too available. You can find us on all the social media on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and the platform formerly known as Twitter at, at Marvelous underscore Divas. Also, if you haven't done so already, you really should. Subscribe to our podcast. Give us a review. Tell your friends about us. We're awesome, right? Yeah, cool. Uh-huh. Uh, we do have sure. a swag store, by the way, redbubble.com forward slash official divas. You can get t-shirts, stickers, mugs of our show logos and the funny shit that we say. Uh, I believe we have more stuff coming there soon. Would you quit trying to hint that I need to get on that merch creation, okay? I thought I'm you already busy. did it. I would No, I just said I was going to. That doesn't mean I did it. Oh, go on. Uh, we do have a YouTube channel. If you do a search for Dark Side Divas, you will find our YouTube. We are going to be doing some more stuff very soon. May not be Marvel or Star Wars related, but you'll uh, if you are a, patri- a patron, you already know what's coming. And speaking of which, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash divas podcast for five bucks a month. You can see unedited video versions of our shows. We're also doing live recordings now. We have special co- special content you can only find there and access to the greatest Discord community in all the multiverse. It is true. 
I don't know why you're playing coy about the fact that we are going to be Twitch streaming you and I playing Baldur's Gate 3 tonight. Because uh, this episode will drop a couple days after that happens. I know, but like you're you're acting like only the patrons know about it. You're the one who fucking tweeted about it. Oh yeah, I did that. Yeah, you did that. So yes, this episode will come out later, but we're going to have the video, I assume, from the Twitch stream publicly available. Yeah, it's going to be on YouTube. It'll be on Twitch as well, I assume. Okay, anyway, are we ready? Are we done? Yeah, we're done. We're done here? Okay. Okay, bye! Bye! I'm going to die on the five, the interstate five. <laughs> My God. You know, so um, anyway. I mean, uh, given how often you do that commute from your apartment to Disney and back again, you're, and given what I have heard anecdotally about traffic in your area, your odds of dying on the five are actually really high. Um, yeah, it's very deadly in LA. We are, it's a very infamous, uh, we've talked about this on the, on the show before. There are... Some freeways that are very infamous for their body count. Nice, and it's because some of the free, some parts of the freeways were the first freeways that, that in a in a city they, mm-hmm. you know they there was no traffic and they thought hey we'll put a we'll put an on ramp of a on a of a six lane road right here and then we'll put an interchange for a freeway like mm, I don't know two hundred feet down so that way if somebody wants to get on the freeway and then change to the next freeway. They have to go across all this traffic, and yeah. it's not a big deal because mm-hmm. no, no, nobody has that many cars. Well, yeah, a hundred years later. <laughs> so, regular listeners of our podcast will recall multiple times, particularly during our Agent Carter era, when Chris would lament the long, long lectures that he would receive from his partner about infrastructure. And how it was just time in his life that he was never going to get back. And uh, I just want to point out that apparently some of those lectures sunk in and are now coming back out of your mouth. I, and I want you, when we're done recording here, to go apologize to your partner. Hell no. Never. <laughs> <laughs> I feel gross. I need a... I need I need some balls to slap me in the face or something. <laughs> Medicinally. <laughs> <laughs> Medicinally. <laughs> what? Is that going to be my answer for any inappropriate behavior now? It's, it's like- medicinal. <laughs>